Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Very early morning for us. A little bit too early in the morning for us. Welcome to the Anne and Salem Scoop, Scoop Daily Virus, where we discuss, discuss the, the latest, latest news. news, views, advice and madness of the pandemic. And just to let you know, if you're listening to the Daily Scoop, you probably would like to see us. And you can watch us once a week on the Anne and Phelan uh, Scoop YouTube channel, yes. uh, which comes out, and that comes out every Wednesday. And we have a very special guest, by the way, on the show tomorrow. A great guest on a the great show guest. tomorrow. But today is Tuesday. It's July the 14th, week 17 of the two-week Flatten the Curve lockdown. Phelan, what's happening in the show today? Well, uh, it wouldn't be the Anne and Phelan Scoop without some Californian craziness. So we'll be bringing that to you. And of course, the madness continues uh, in actually more California crazy. The madness continues in the school system. Only it's crazy in California, but this craziness goes national too. Uh, and the question on everyone's lips is: Will the teachers' unions allow your child to go to school this fall or this autumn, as we would say? And talking of schools, we've been urging people to consider the deaths caused by COVID that are not of COVID. We bring you some very tragic news in that area. And so it begins. When they begin, they begin, they want to tax you. Um, when they begin, they begin. I've always wondered about that song. But anyway, moving on, Phil. Yeah. What the begin is? I don't know, yeah. What the, when they begin, they begin. Would people please go on the podcast app and put in the comments what the begin is? What the begin, the begin is. Because they begin, the begin. It's a good song though, but it's a bit weird. Okay, yes. go on ahead. Most there, songs please. are weird. What was the song I was listening oh, to no. about yesterday? Oh, we suicide is painless. Oh God, yeah. Well, they're talking. Oh, actually, talking of which. Um, uh, so and so it begins. Yes. Local uh, and state governments are going to have to, they close down their economies. And I mean, you know, people say, oh, the, the, the economy has closed down. This is, they actually closed it. It's not like the steel mill closing. They closed everything. Yeah. They, they, normally when the steel mill closes, the hairdresser closes, you know, six months later. No, they just, they just did it all at once. And shocker, they've got a, when they, they, when they rely on taxes, uh, local taxes. They, they suddenly to... realise that the tax money doesn't come out of thin air yes. and that they, all the revenues that are paying for everything are caused by people, or come from people who are productive. But anyway, these are the teasers now. Oh, these <laughs> are the, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, they need to plug their budget gap, they need to, uh, do it in a teaser voice, they need to plug their budget gap caused by panic lockdowns and guess what they are not proposing to do? That's a teaser, but guess what? Okay, see? guess what, okay. We're and... not going to answer it now, we're going to answer right. it in a few minutes. That's very good. And people, people will stay on. And our advertisers will be really happy. Yeah, the advertisers that haven't turned up yet, but they will. Zip recruiter. Um, no. And some very, 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 very rich people have a solution to the cost of the pandemic. And we have a suggestion for those very, very, very rich people. And we're going to finish the show today. And you won't want to miss this. A very good friend, a writer, has written a pandemic reflection. Um, you'll want to hear that. But we're going to start this By morning way, can with... Can I just say something about ZipRecruiter? So ZipRecruiter, all the podcasts I listen to, ZipRecruiter is the advertiser. And, you know, is there that much recruitment going on in the world ever? So I would suggest that uh, short the shares in Zip Recruitment. Okay, so let's start with um, news from the crazy, crazy California film. Yes, uh, California. It's going. Oh, it's going to close everything. I mean, it, everything. We're going back to closing everything. Yes, indoor restaurants, movie theaters, all bars, uh, uh, and 
uh, everything, everything. As coronavirus cases rise, in addition to the statewide order, this, Newsom this is, said... Uh, this is from some newspaper This somewhere. is from CNBC. CNBC. In addition to the statewide order, Newsom said he would also close indoor operations for fitness centres, worship services, so that's religious services, personal care services, malls, offices, hair salons and barber shops for 30 counties on California's monitoring list, which represents 80% of the state's population. There are now 30 counties on the list, including, of course, Los Angeles, where we're living, San Diego and Orange counties. Fact for you. Fact. Here's a fact for you. Facts are good. Uh, There were 45 deaths in California overnight. There were 40 in New York. Uh, New York has twice the population. And no one's okay. talking about no New York. About because and they've decided suddenly now, they don't want to talk about deaths, they just want to talk about cases. But actually, as we've pointed out, I mean, it seems, it seems fairly logical that the explosion in cases contrasted with the very small number of deaths is a good thing, right? Yes. Well, it would seem, but here, we're not well, here's hearing Here's the this. headline in the Daily Mail. Florida has more coronavirus infections than all but eight countries in the world. Woo, Woo. shocker. As the state reports 12,000 new cases. Woo, Woo shocker. shocker. And um, 35, 35 deaths in a, a day. day. Amid slow rise. Amid slow rise in fatalities. They almost have to, like, they have to actually address that. It's almost like the guy who had the job of writing that headline and the Daily Mail was thinking... What am I going to do with the 35, you know, the 35, yeah. it's we'll just, such a... <coughs> we'll just throw that in at the end. We'll throw that. that in the end, but we don't really know what to do about it because it's so low. And equally, by the way, looking at some of the graphics from the, the Daily Mail, right? Yeah. I mean, quite, you know, I mean, Louisiana, 13 people died in a day. Again, we're not making little of the fact that people have died, but obviously when you put that and contrast that with things that people have died with from other causes, you realize how small that is. Um, Florida, yeah, we have that number already. New Jersey... New Jersey, interestingly, 116 people died in a day. Massachusetts, 15. Um, and in California, you know, over the last couple of days, it was 40 and then 24, you know, etc. But, the, you know, the graphic that the Daily Mail have here, filmed, I'm showing you right now, huge escalation, explosion in cases, as they've constantly said. And then number of U.S. deaths per day. And, you know, in contrast to the number of people infected, Really low. Really, low. really, really low. But what's going to happen with schools, film? Because that's something that people are really concerned about. Well, the, the, in LA, uh, and so, you know, they are not, your, your child is not going back. In LA, LA, Los Angeles Unified School District, I have to laugh at that word, Unified School District, as opposed to the other disunified. Disunified districts. Yeah. But, but just, just, I think that the You're number. You're not going back. I think know. the number is really incredible. So 825,000, this affects. 825,000 students. So you can imagine, you num- multiply that by the parents involved and guardians involved. You're talking about millions of people. And I, we who were tr- cannot go back to who work. Who cannot go back to work. We were trying to figure this out last night. We were having, like, we ended up having like, an argument thinking about friends of ours and thinking about what exactly would happen where there are people, both parents are working, the children are young teenagers, um, are, are younger. You can't leave them on their own. And what if you don't have an extended family? Or what if your extended family are, are much older and mm. are not fit to be there? But you cannot leave young, you can't, by the way, I don't think you can leave teenagers day after day. I understand a day. You can't leave them day after day after day alone for long periods of time, completely isolated from their friends and all of that. Well, Crazy California is probably illegal too. 
But it, uh, by the way, can I just say sorry? I think it should be illegal to leave children alone for days and days and days on end. I don't think that that's healthy. And we, we see this in Alex Bernson uh, on Twitter. He's been very good. Unions are playing a huge part in negotiations, making crazy demands from schools and the states. New Jersey wants weekly testing for, for every student. And then in Arkansas, there, I mean, so this has been driven by the unions. Uh, who, as, as they always say, they care about the teachers, not the students. And uh, uh, so the, in, in, in Arkansas, they, um, they want to make masks mandatory, social only, schools will only reopen when masks are mandatory, social distancing is possible. There's a plan to provide substitute teachers, increased bus routes, adequate classroom ventilation, testing is readily available, positivity rate of testing less than 5%, and ICU beds are available in local hospitals. Basically, never. It, it, yeah, an impossible, a kind of an impossible list. Yeah. Um, and by the way, this thing of social distancing in a school, I mean, I used to be a high school teacher, so I know a little bit about this. Really basically impossible, not for the population that you have been housing, because the classrooms aren't, they're just not big enough. The classrooms aren't big enough. So the only way that they could do that was if they divided the, the population in two, which, you know, you can't do because the teachers will not work twice the amount of time to see you know, to, yeah. to, to double the number of exposures they have to students. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's very, very concerning. And it's interesting because it's now falling very much along political lines where you have Betsy DeVos saying, and the president saying, children have got, to, have got to go back to school. And obviously the Democrats are falling into this position where they're saying, no, 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 and they're siding with the, the teachers' unions. So it's going to be a clear decision, actually. It's going to become very clear for parents um, that this is a political choice, actually, that, uh, you know, there doesn't seem to be much dissent yeah. on that one. Yeah. Um, and again, we just said it there in the teasers, but there is a fallout from this. There is a very serious fallout from this. And we just have one story here from The Guardian, from the UK's Guardian. Um, and it's just a terribly, ter just a horrible story, exclusive story that they have. Five children have killed themselves in three months. Special needs children. Um, and special needs children in Kent, by the way. In, in Kent. Kent, Kent is a small, In Kent, this small. is not a huge place. So five children with special education needs have killed themselves in the space of three months in Kent. A council chief has revealed in a warning over the impact of school closures on students. Sarah Hammond, the director of Integrated Children's Services Whatever, said two or three child suicides would ordinarily be expected over 12 months. That's child suicide, that's total. <coughs> these are, these and these are, are even a smaller population. Yeah, so the, repo the, the report addressed suicide risk in people with autism. Schools in England were closed, closed to all pupils from Monday the 23rd of March, a little bit like here, apart from children of key, key workers or whatever. Um, Hammond said the deaths highlighted the protective role school plays in children's lives. Could people please remember that? And she expressed concern about the abruptness of closures. Um, I do believe that people thought the, vul the vulnerable children would continue to go to school. We worked really, really hard to get parents to send their children in, but we never got above 10% of vulnerable children entitled to a school place. Very interesting, the reason for, for this, by the way. All through the pandemic, this whole group of children could and should have been at school, but it was the severity of message about the dangers of the virus that very understandably frightened parents. Oh, so they could have been at school. They could have been at school. We are at, Hammond again went on, we are absolutely desperate for children and young people not to become the forgotten victims of this terrible virus, That's she said. Are. Ellen Townsend, a professor of psychology at the University of Nottingham and an expert in self-harm 
and suicide prevention warned there could be a tsunami of mental health issues on the horizon. I'm worried that those who are already vulnerable will be struggling even more. Of course they are, by the way. Can I? I'm in, that's me interjecting. I'm worried there are certain groups of young people. This is back to the expert again, the psychologist. I'm worried there are a certain group of young people who have been fine but are now struggling. The good news is that talking therapies really help with these things. As children and young people return to school, she said the emphasis, and that's in the UK, of course, that's in the UK, the emphasis should be on play and socialization rather than just academic learning. I agree with that, by the way. But first, she said, young people do really need a summer of fun. They need to be out there having fun and interacting with their peers. I think that's the really important line as well at the end. And I, we've had this conversation where we have known people here um, in our own lives people who have had high school children, young people who have not socialized for months on end, have stayed at home for months on end, and we've quietly said to them that they really ought to just let the kids go, let the kids get out and meet other people, and even isolate them when they get back to the house, really isolate themselves from their parents, but that the children, the young people need to be out. They're obviously not vulnerable at all, really not at all to this disease. The numbers are absolutely like either zero or plus one percent or tiny percent of young people who actually uh, succumb to this disease so um just a terribly ter just a terribly sad story yeah. that so uh you know more madness local gov you know local governments weigh in this is these are the headlines we're looking at local governments weigh major tax hikes to plug coronavirus induced shortfalls shocker as we said at the beginning, if you close every business in your local area and if, you're depend if you have a bloated bureaucracy dependent on tax intake, when you stop tax in, in taking taxes, you're going to be broke. Yep. But I mean, I just look at this headline. Uh, property, rates, property tax rates in Nashville will be increasing 34%. Nashville, 34%. Nashville, people are leaving California to escape high taxes, to escape bloated bureaucracies and regulations. Don't become California. Like they're going there for something different. So, but what I like, and, and then there's this um, article on Fox News and the FoxNews.com, uh, but all the different uh, tax increases that various uh, municipalities and state governments are going to uh, increase. And uh, you know, California is going to vote to strip the property tax uh, protections that we have here. Uh, but nowhere are they talking about reducing services. Uh, reducing, sack, firing the diversity coordinator, firing the, um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter liaison. Uh, poetry out, poetry uh, outreach. You know, you can burn that building, don't burn that building. Please burn this one, you know. But yeah, no, no sense of the bloat, as you say, the bloated bureaucracy being at all reduced to try and alleviate some of these costs. No sense of guilt that they allowed Black Lives Matter to destroy their cities. I yeah, mean, and I, now looking for the taxpayers to pay for that. Yeah, well, a building can't produce taxes uh, if it's burned out. And so. just can I can I come in with a completely? Um, uh, well, they're looking at wealth taxes. As and well. can I come in with just a complete? It's just interesting. It's flashing up on our screens here that um, this, the, after 17 years, the first execution in the United States has happened. Um, just happened, I think it's right. in Arkansas. And the reason I mention that is that I just think it's interesting how um, how silent those who normally sh are protesting wildly, wildly against executions. And then I read to find out that the person who has died is a white supremacist. And I just think it's interesting. So perhaps it's a thing where, a bit like Black Lives Matter, where it is only certain black lives that matter, it's also perhaps a thing that executions matter, but only perhaps 
depending on what it is that you did, well, what terrible thing you did. I didn't realize he was a white supremacist. You know what? And I, he is described as a white supremacist, and I don't know. And he, by the way, I kind of cursorily looked at oh, what he did. He did a terrible. Oh, he did a terrible. He thing. did a ter- dreadful, dreadful. And I'm not. I'm, ju- I'm just. I'm only. I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy. But by the way, back to the back to the tax story. Uh, if you're finished, Philip, yes. I want to. I want to come in with a nice, a nice piece from the Guardian as well. So into the middle of this um, fray of the tax burden. Um, I don't know if that's the right way of describing it, but of the fact that there's this massive shortfall in money and that the pandemic has cost a fortune and all these bloated, bloated bureaucracies need money. Into the middle of the fray come a bunch of rich people, rich, 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 extremely, extremely, super rich, who are now calling for higher taxes on wealthy people to pay for COVID-19. I'll just read it at the beginning. A group of 83 wealthy individuals demands immediate, substantial and permanent higher taxes on people like us, a group of 83 of the richest people to pay for the economic recovery of the COVID crisis. The super rich members include Ben and Jerry's ice cream founders. They're always in every list, aren't they, Philip? Yes. And Jerry Greenfield, and uh, yes, he's co-founder. Jerry. Yeah. yeah. And Disney heir, Abigail Disney, who we've talked about, I think, before on The Scoop, called on all our governments to raise our taxes on people like us immediately, substantially, permanently. As COVID strikes the world, millionaires like us have a critical role to play in healing our world, the millionaires said, and gazillionaires, by the way, I think, said in a letter. No, we are not the ones caring for the sick and whatever. Here's our message to those 86 really, really wealthy people. Shut up, you idiots. Any day, at any time, ever, you can always increase how much you pay in taxes. No one is holding you back. There's a part of the form that I'm sure your accountant will point out for you, sorry, that your team army of accountants will point out for you where you can just hand over the money. And you could have done it yesterday and you could have done it last year. And this isn't the first time that the, that, that countries aren't looking for money for important things like children's education, like yep. important things like cancer care. So, so shut up doing your virtue signaling suddenly in the middle of a pandemic and just hand over the money. That's publicity. And stop, and stop publicity hounding. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. Phil. No, it's a big publicity. Uh, it's a virtue signal en masse. And they could have done it quietly and very effectively before this. Yeah. It's like, it's like they say in the gospel. It's like saying the gospel where if you're going to do a good thing, do it in secret. Makes it much better. Do the thing in secret. Oh, don't go good. around. Don't go around proclaiming your good, your good deeds. I would, hit, I would hit that. I'd hate that too. I know. Um, and then the last thing we got today, and I think we've probably gone way over time. I don't know. I don't know what time we're at, but anyway, it's early. So we have a reflection from a Facebook friend, and he's a writer. And I didn't ask his permission, so I'm just not going to identify who it is. But I just think this is really beautiful. Um, and he's he's he lives here in California, and he's just um, gone to gone gone uh, left the country to go to Italy. But wait till you hear what he's written. The last six months have been a grinding trauma. Standing on a rug that is being pulled in all directions by cotter-walling gangs of madmen. Non-stop doom porn in the news. Terrifying speculations rife with weasel words like may, could, if, and possibly. Half-baked models that proved vastly overblown. Masks. No masks. Masks again. Wildly conflicting assertions any one of which could be sourced from a dozen media outlets. And the politics? Opportunistic local tin pots shamelessly exploiting the crisis to assert power with the sneering it's for your own good capriciousness of parochial school mother's superior. Then 
the inevitable spark in dry grass, an explosion of protests, riots and looting. We arrived in Cremona on Sunday in Italy. The, the first three days we were here, we slept deeply and soundly, maybe 18 to 20 hours a day. Yes, we were lagged as always, but this was different. A psychic collapse of sorts. Now we feel a profoundly overwhelming sense of peace and security, gliding into a slower, more gentle pace. Lombardy suffered greatly, far worse than any region of the United States, but the people weathered the plague with great courage and aplomb, perhaps because they are an older people in an ancient land, one that seeps the blood of Caesar's legions, accustomed to sacrifice and suffering, the rise and fall and rise of empires. Now the deaths are in single digits. The city slowly opens like a flower after a bitter frost. Shopkeepers sweep sidewalks. Friends gather at the bars in the piazza. We are here. We are alive. We breathe again. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. So from our uh, crazy California to wherever you are crazy, semi-lockdown, fully locked down, partially opened, whatever version of this craziness that you're living through, we're thinking of you and we're really glad you're here. And please do leave a comment on the podcast. You can do that on the Apple podcast, I think, really easily. Mm -hmm. But I think there's some way on our website at the Unreported Story Society that you can leave a message. And we get lovely messages and we meant to read some out today. But let's leave that till tomorrow. But we'll read some out tomorrow. Um, but that's it for us for today. Um, Soon. Next time. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.